right, what's going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. How we doing? How the hell are we on a Friday? Today is the uh, 14th, October 14th, 2022. What's going on out there? How we doing so far this week? We hitting some winners. We driving that thing up. As I've talked about, I've been a little a little cold lately with some of my NHL bets. So we're going to look to turn things around. What does Chris Farley say? Get back on the right track. We're going to try and do that this weekend. So stay tuned tomorrow morning for Saturday's Quick Picks, Sunday morning for Sunday's Quick Picks. But we'll have some uh, football games to add today. I'm going to have some handicaps on uh, college football. We'll give two college football games away today. And I'm going to end the show, actually, by giving away a soccer game. A little Premier League. A little soccer for tomorrow morning. Remember, Better Edge is the place you want to go to make all these bets VIG-free. VIG-free betting, a.k.a. risk-free betting, is alive and well. BetterEdge.com. And it's now legal in almost every state. I think it's just, uh, I believe, Connecticut, maybe Utah. There's only a couple states where it's not uh, legal in. So I highly recommend checking out Better Edge if you want to get rid of that minus 110. Put in promo code SBD when you're signing up. That's going to get you a free 20 bucks. You don't even have to deposit anything. Go in, uh, sign up at Better Edge, put in promo code SBD, get a free 20 bucks, and just try it. Something tells me you're going to love betting VIG free. All right, so let's get to it. We got two picks for college football with some handicaps, and uh, we're laying the lumber here. We're taking a couple favorites. So let's start off with Alabama. Alabama minus seven at Tennessee. Main question here is the Bryce Young injury. And Bryce Young, early in the week, you know, he had that shoulder sprain. He didn't play last week, and that was a big deal. Was Bryce Young going to play? Well, all indications are that he's going to. I, as a matter of fact, I have seven here. Let me make sure there's been no line updates real quick. Alabama. Yeah, still seven at minus 110. So there has been no change here based on this injury news. And what I think is going to happen is once Bryce Young is either declared to be healthy or not healthy, this may move a little bit. Now, you may disagree on what Bryce Young should be priced at or how much he's worth, but I think that if he is in and if Bryce Young is, let's just put it this way, if he were 100% healthy, I think Alabama would go through the seven. I think they'd be seven and a half, if not eight in this spot. So Bryce Young's health is a big, big deal this game. But from what I'm hearing, he should play. So we're going to go Bama minus seven. Now, I've got Bama number three in my power ratings, 27 and a half points better than the average team. I've got Tennessee only two spots behind him, number five. But that means they're 10 points worse than Alabama. See, the, the stratification between the top couple teams is, 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 is high. Okay, so Tennessee number five is still 10 points worse than Alabama. And I've got home field right around three given the injury this game. So I have this right around seven. I just think that the Bryce Young coming back is the factor in this game. Now, Bama's done very well against Tennessee. They've won 15 straight when uh, when playing Tennessee, haven't lost since Nick Saban's been there. And they're winning by an average of 26 points per game and covering by an average of 6.5 points per game in 12 of the 15 games they've covered. So I think just historically, this 7 is low. Now, we know one thing. This year so far, we've upgraded Tennessee pretty substantially, and we've downgraded Alabama. So I understand that. I get that. I know Tennessee looks good. I know Tennessee's offense is number one in the country in, in, in terms of uh, total yards per game. Like, that's nothing new. That, that's obvious. But there's more to the handicap, and actually, that's why the line is seven right now and not something higher. So I think the big deal in this game is... Uh, it's going to come down to penalties. You know, Bama's 97th in the country penalties. Tennessee's 121. If there's one of the two teams who I expect to correct that and fix the penalty issue, it would be Alabama. But this Tennessee team is really struggling stopping the pass. Now, we know about Tennessee's offense, but it's defensively where I wonder about, about uh, Tennessee. 
They gave up 300 passing yards to Jaden Daniels of Arizona State. And look, Jaden Daniels, he's known to run for 300. He's not known to throw for 300 yards. So that was not great. Anthony Richardson for Florida, one of the most inaccurate passers this year, threw for 450 yards on this Tennessee defense. So I have not seen anything to make me go, oh, well, if, if Alabama does have a healthy quarterback, whether it's Bryce Young or not, if Alabama can at least threaten Tennessee vertically, this could be a long day for the Vols opening up the running game for Alabama. Uh, Pittsburgh's quarterback, Keaton Slovis, who's had a very average year, had his second highest QBR of the season against Tennessee. And keep in mind, Pitts also played Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Rhode Island. I mean, you know, this Tennessee defense, not good. 76th in pass defense overall, uh, 79th in pass defense efficiency, 123rd in the country in terms of uh, just total passing yards. So let me repeat that. Tennessee's 123rd out of 131 in total passing yards given up. So obvious question here is, can Alabama throw the football? You know, whether it's Bryce Young or anyone, can Alabama spread this thing out? And I think that the reason why people say no or the reason why people may be betting on Tennessee here is because Alabama has had their struggles this year. Their receiver core is not as deep as it has been before, but I just keep going back to Josh Heupel versus Nick Saban, historical lines. I mean, I am on Alabama here for all the reasons the square person would be against Alabama. They haven't looked great this year. Tennessee's looked amazing. I'm fading the sentiment. I think I'm buying Alabama at this point in the season at their lowest, and I'm selling Tennessee at what could be their highest. So that's the classic MO of making sports bets. They're not always the easiest ones to make, but I think if you're going to be in an uncomfortable spot, having Alabama is certainly not a bad place to be in. So we'll go Alabama minus seven. I don't think they're going to be one-dimensional. I don't think they're going to get sucked in anything. I think they cover the spread here. Minus seven on the road at Tennessee. All right, let's get to our next game. Uh, This is the Pac-12 game of the week. USC at Utah. Utah currently three and a half point home favorites. And we're going to go USC this game plus the three and a half on the road. I think I said earlier I was laying it with a couple teams. No, we're laying it with Alabama. We're taking three and a half with USC. And a lot of this handicap comes down to the perception of USC's defense. Early in the year, a lot of the sharps I knew, a lot of the good betters said, fade USC. And the reason was the defense was getting lucky. They were forcing turnovers. They they would walk away from games, and the, the final score would look so different than how the game went, especially for USC on the defensive side. And as we've talked about before on this show, even though turnovers can be somewhat indicative of a defensive pressure, how well you know they have you know guys in the secondary who can track and catch the football, generally, overwhelmingly, statistically speaking, turnovers are luck. Okay, so even though it's not always like that, we can look at turnovers overwhelmingly as being lucky. So if a team like USC, through three games this season, have a plus 10 turnover advantage, when the last five years, they haven't had that much of a turnover advantage at all, you can say, okay, maybe, US defense is, maybe USC's defense is getting a little bit lucky here. And what I think happened is, the answer to that question is probably yes, they were getting a little lucky, but I believe they've gotten better, pretty consistently better, while the team has been winning. So what happens usually in situations like this is, the team loses a couple games, they'll fall back in the rankings, but the defense will be improving through the season. Well, USC, call it luck, call it whatever, they haven't lost yet, but the defense has also been improving. So what you get with USC that's different from the 
typical team is they're rising in the AP pool. They're rising with their national uh, optics with how they look and how they're playing. And I think it's actually becoming more and more warranted the further we get in the season. So those, those, those voices from the pros and those making money on college football early in the year are actually getting quieter and quieter because this defense is becoming more and more of a respectable defense who's actually uh, showing up on the stat sheet. So I think that's really evening out. But what I want to talk about here is USC's offense because their offense has been electric this year. I mean, I think they're averaging about 450 yards a game on offense, and it's been a lot of their offensive line. So when you go into advanced metrics, obviously, you know, USC's offensive line has been dominant, but I want to look at advanced metrics, right? Metrics that adjust for the opponent you've played. Because USC, they haven't had the hardest schedule in the world. I want to see what some FEI ratings say. And these are adjusted ratings for USC's offensive line, okay? They're number three in average line yards. They're number two in standard down line yards. They're number one in opportunity rate. And they're first in stuff rate. Okay, so, so I mean, essentially, those are advanced metrics to say how effective and how productive is your offensive line. USC's top three, <laughs> top three in the country at all those. I mean, it's silly. They're that good in that many different things. Usually, you get an offensive line who's like, maybe if they're top 10, they'll be 10th and 5th and 1st. You don't get one, two, three, you know, one, one, two, three, just like that. So, I think this offensive line is actually a little underrated right now. And what I've seen from Utah's defensive line, this is not the classic Utah defensive line that we're used to seeing, at least in the in Pac-12 country, right? I'm a fan of the University of Colorado. So I see Utah a lot. And they do have typically a very, very good defense with a good defensive line. But that's not the case this year. They're getting pushed around. They got shoved around last week at UCLA. And they're very average in most categories. They have tendencies to really get gashed. And uh, it seems like they did get, like I said, pushed around last week at UCLA. I mean, you look at the Oregon State game. Oregon State scored 16 against Utah, but they rushed for 171. So... I think what we see here is a USC team that's going to get success on the ground. They're going to be able to throw, to run the football and open things up for Caleb Williams to throw it. So I believe unless Utah can keep up scoring this game, which I don't think they will, I think USC plus three and a half here is a good bet. I think we have a live underdog who has a chance of winning this game, but three and a half at minus 110 is going to be our play. USC also, their second in drive efficiency and third in touchdown rate. So even if this does get to be a shootout, USC is efficient in those metrics as to where Utah is just not this year. I think Utah's a little, they were a little hyped up to start the year. And I understand. I had Utah eighth in my rankings to start the season. I thought that loss at Florida, you know, write it off, road game, Florida first week of the year. But this Utah team has not lived up to expectations. So uh, USC plus three and a half is our other game in college football we're going to give out. Uh, We have one more football Friday pick. Not going to do a very deep handicap on this. I'll just give the pick out because it's happening early, early tomorrow morning, and there's not going to be time for me to give it out on Saturday's quick pick. So for those new to the show, every Saturday at about 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern, we'll come out with our uh, Saturday's quick picks. And that's simple. The picks that still have value on Saturday morning. It's not a ton of games. It's rare. You get all these games with value day of the game. But for the games I still see value, we give those out Saturday morning. This game happens 4.30 a.m. Pacific, 7.30 a.m. Eastern, This is going to be done by the time I'm doing tomorrow's podcast. So we'll give this out. We're going to take Crystal Palace plus a half or double chance. That is minus 150 on the road at uh, Leicester City. Leicester, who is typically more of a public team. Uh, You know, Leicester has been good lately, but they get a lot of public money. They have fallen behind the eight ball this year. And whether it's because Jamie Vardy's not playing very well, James Madison was hurt at the beginning of the season. 
they're certainly not getting the goaltending they expected when they replaced Casper uh, Schmeichel with Danny Ward in the offseason. So really, for whatever reason, things aren't going well this year for, for Lester. But it's funny. The market does this sometimes. When the market has an opinion about a team, it's tough for whether it's the sports books or the market to change their opinion about that team. And this is being priced very similarly to how it was in the offseason. Right. You look at some look ahead lines. Crystal's been greatly upgraded this year. I mean, you look at the way they're playing defense, the way they can transition. Wilfred Zaha could be, I mean, one of the most underrated wingers in the entire Premier League, which sounds weird to say for him. But Crystal's a huge upgrade this year. Lester, a pretty substantial downgrade, and the line hasn't moved at all from the preseason line. So I see some value here with with, uh, Crystal Palace on the road. What plus a half or double chance means is if the game ends in a tie, we still win our bet. So we're going for Crystal to win or the game to end in a tie plus a half or double chance at minus 150 for Crystal Palace. So that does it for a Friday for a football Friday. Once again, we gave out today Alabama minus seven and a USC plus three and a half in college football. And then in the Premier League, Premier League, Crystal Palace plus a half or double chance at minus 150. So that does it for today's show. Stay tuned tomorrow, bright and early for Saturday's Quick Picks. We'll talk to you then on Sports Betting Daily.